you're spreading your workload out and it's carrying over into the weekends. Yes, yeah, seven so days a week. <laughs> you're taking your 40 hours and thinking you're, spe- and you're just never shutting it off, right? So right. that's a big no. So I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer in hard boundaries. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step. I'm Trisha, CEO of Belay. And I'm Lisa, COO of Belay. Trisha and I have learned a lot along the way. We have worked together for a decade and have known each other since 2005. We've grown a remote business from the beginning to being recognized on the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies list. So for this episode, we want to share our experiences and the truth behind remote work. Prior to the pandemic, remote work options were becoming the hottest trend. Employees like the freedom but employers were hesitant, wondering what it would mean for their organization. But then the pandemic hit. What was once a luxury and decision for leaders suddenly became a requirement. As companies walked through this new normal, leaders began to wonder if the reputation of remote work would prove to be true. So, we know what we know about the myths about working remote because we've done it for a long time, but let's talk about the myths of remote work. So first myth, and we hear a lot of these, so let's debunk Mm -hmm. these things. The first one is really, I've got to always be available so people know I'm working. And always being available. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Always being available isn't realistic, nor is it healthy. Constant interruptions will lead to a lack of productivity. So you don't always want to be available. You really need to have a structure and a schedule so that when you're working, you're working. And when you're with your family or when you're exercising or any of those other things, that's your time to do it. You don't want to constantly be flipping back and forth. Yes. And I think really remote work does come from a place of a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. So the idea that someone's going to be able to see everything you're doing and you be available every second of the day as a leader lens is is not a healthy place to be. We're all adults here, so we have to trust that our employees are doing what they need to and they don't need to be at our beck and calls. Right. And you're you're a leader, or if you are a leader, you're going to know if somebody's not working. So as a leader, you don't want your team member to jump at the thought that you're going to call them or instant message them, right? Like you want to give them the same courtesy of how you would want to live your life. And that's within kind of blocks of times. And working means working. And not working means not working. Right. All right. Let's go to myth number two. To be a great leader, I need to personally check in with every person on my team every week. We've actually done this one. Is this true or false, T? Oh, well, I'm going to say wrong. (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) And I say that because of the word need. So, Mm -hmm. yes, if your schedule allows and you're able to connect with your team on a weekly basis, that's awesome. It'll, it's mm-hmm. great for relationship. It's great for touching in. Your team probably has questions and things they need from you. 
that you can give them access and remove roadblocks for. And if you're a team member, it gives you opportunity to kind of get with your leader on a regular mm-hmm. cadence or schedule so that you can get the things you need to get done throughout your week. However, right. we do realize that there are organizations that this may be unrealistic because you manage a team of 50 people. Um, so I, right. I have a girlfriend who who newly manages a remote team. And I said, oh, yeah, you should have weekly one-on-ones with all of your direct reports. And she's like, I have 43 people that report to me. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, I guess you cannot have one-on-ones with every single right. team member. Yeah. So uh, is it ideal? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary? No. At the end of the day, you want your team to be empowered. It's their responsibility to do their jobs. They should Mm -hmm. be able to do them absent of you if need be. Ideally, you're there as a coach and a guide and to help them make decisions, but they're taking care of their workload and doing their job. Yeah, absolutely. And I think at the crux of this is the idea is to connect with them because you want to build some sort of a relationship with your team member. And you also want to be there to have guidance and counsel. So equally, you could be having one-on-ones with every team member, and then the other four days of the work week, you're unavailable. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be real. That's just an absent leader then because they're waiting for you. You're not actually leading them. But the other way around, you might actually only get to talk to a team member one-on-one every other month because you have Mm -hmm. 43, but you're still scheduling them. But that team member knows that they're valued, knows that you're there if they have any immediate needs. And you've built a relationship with them. So I don't think the amount of time is an Mm -hmm. indicator of the quality of work or the quality of the leader. I think there's so much more that goes into that. So yes, it's important to schedule one-on-ones, but no, to your point, they don't need to be weekly. Yes. I mean, you can substitute a lot of those things with sending video messages to your team. Mm -hmm. So instead of an email, that's a fun opportunity right? because then your team will get whatever message you're trying to send them or communication, but they'll get to hear your voice with it and see your body language. Mm -hmm. So recording a little loom or a zoom of yourself to send out to your team in lieu of an email every once in a while so they can feel that connection. Also great little tip. Yeah. And, and augment that too with group meetings, team meetings. Yes. So it shouldn't be that, you know, if you are having to meet with them once every other month, independently, individually, then you should be doing more frequently team meetings so that they're able to see you. And you're able to cast vision for that team because you don't want to miss out on casting vision for where you want the organization or your department to go. Yes. And those, I would say... I mean, we recommend weekly, if I'm being honest, right? It's like, sure, yeah. I would take those 43 people and get them on Zoom weekly um, and get in front of your team in that manner if you can't do it individually. So, good stuff, good stuff. All right, what's our next myth? Myth three, we need the best technology to thrive as a remote team or organization. I'm going to say not, again, I'm going to say not the best. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also a myth. I don't think you have to have the best of anything. I think that you should have the right tools. I think it's important to have technology um, for this to be successful. You need a computer that is able to produce great quality images. You need a fast processor so your employees can process their work. You need to make sure that they have a fast internet connection. But do you need to buy the bomb.com computer just to make sure they can do the work? (laughs) No, because um, putting my CFO hat on, that's unnecessary expenses that you don't need to do. But I think you need to have good technology to make this all work. 
Yeah. And the right technology. So every organization, you know, we sit here and we say, oh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Slack, you got to have Slack. Um, we don't use Slack. No. Um, mm-hmm. we, we use Chatter. So I think knowing what is actually the right technology for you is is just yeah. as important. So mm-hmm. whether you have a CRM application, you might have one that's more robust. You might have one that's more entry level because that's actually all you need as an organization. So you don't need to buy the big fancy CRM. It's not mm-hmm. necessary or needed, but you buy the one that's the right CRM for your organization. And I think the same holds true for many other applications like um, mm-hmm. applicant tracking systems and whether you're going to use Zoom or Microsoft Teams or what kind of communication channels you're going to use. I think uh, file sharing op- opportunities, mm-hmm. you pick the right ones. They don't need to be the best or most expensive ones. We have found out sometimes the the things that are not the Cadillac of the, are just as good because you don't need all the Absolutely. bells and whistles. So, yeah. It's easy to get enamored by the shiny penny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I would say too, don't look at, don't compare yourself. If you've got, you know, a entrepreneur, network that you're a member of, you know, perhaps you sit around a table with them each month, or now you're meeting via Zoom, and they're talking about all the technology that they have. It's really easy to compare yourself and to think, oh, well, they're a bigger company than I am. And they have all this technology, and I want to get to where they are. And so I must, you know, go and get it too. no, don't don't have the don't have the FOMO. Uh, don't be jealous of what maybe, um, you know, a peer is doing. Really evaluate it for yourself. Because like you just said, Tricia, we have gotten by on Google Sheets and Google Docs and making our own, uh, you know, we've used Instant Messenger plenty of times on the Google Suite before we ever had a fancy CRM to lean into. Absolutely. say myth number four. Yeah. With my office set up at home, I get everything done by working little every day. Hmm. No. So like what they're saying, what we're saying here is like, you're spreading your workload out and it's carrying over into the weekends. Yes. Seven days a week. (laughs) You're taking your 40 hours and thinking you're, and you're just never shutting it off. Right. So, uh, that's a big no. So I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer in hard boundaries. So do not work weekends unless, you know, your job requires you that you do Mm -hmm. because you're in some industry where, you know, Saturday work is necessary. But, um, like the rest of us, uh, we, we work office hours And that Mm -hmm. means we don't work nights and we don't work weekends. And I think, you know, in order to avoid burnout, it's really important that you put self-imposed boundaries on your time and your work and not let it bleed into working a little every day. No, shut it off, put it away, tuck it in Mm -hmm. its place, and then go about with the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, there are way more studies than we could share that will tell you that by shutting your brain off, you become more productive when you turn it back on. You need to conserve your energy. And if you're a business owner, you need time to think strategically. You need time to vision, you know, cast, you need time to dream and, you know, really be a visionary for your organization. And you can't do that if you're always thinking about work. So you need some downtime 
please, please, please. We saw it happen a lot in the beginning of mm-hmm. our organization, and we see it now with our clients that come to Belay that are trying to fit too many hours in a week. And just just doesn't do well in the yeah, end. Burnout. I mean, you need fresh. Yeah. You need a fresh mind. I mean, it's, it's why things like PTO and weekends are are important and built into most people's workday. Stepping away from something, mm-hmm. taking a minute, taking a couple days, taking a week off, and then coming back. You know, gives you the opportunity to come at come at things with a fresh mind and fresh perspective. So I think there's huge benefits to you know using your weekends to stop and get out of the work grind so that you can right. come back in Monday morning refreshed, ready, mm-hmm. new perspective, slept on it a couple days, and you feel good yeah. about moving forward. You're you're re-energized for Monday morning. Yeah, because I feel like, um, you know, I love to garden. I, I love beautiful things and architecture. And I get inspiration from all those things that um, are not directly related to our industry. So mm-hmm. I, I read books from all different kinds of authors. I read fiction and nonfiction. And I come up with some of my best ideas when I'm not thinking about staffing, yeah. <laughs> let's be, you know, yes. because yeah. you find out how other organizations, how other industries do work and how maybe you can apply it to your industry that no, your competitors aren't thinking about. Yes, totally. Love it. Great yeah. perspective. Okay. Myth number five, we will never have to meet in person again. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> sounds so sad. I know. I was going to say, now, maybe for our introverts, that might sound like a good idea. But no, that's not the best idea for business. And you definitely want to schedule once, depending upon your state, depending upon federal regulations, once you are able to get together with your team, you absolutely want to get together with your team. Um, It is so important to see each other, to sit in a room. The energy that comes from getting everybody in the same room and um, really feeding off of each other is so grand. I mean, you definitely, definitely want to do that. Even if within your organization, um, you only plan to do it twice a year. We've definitely had Mm -hmm. years here where we've only planned it twice a year. Do it. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, we would find cheap conference rooms, you know, Mm -hmm. in hotels, not resorts, in your regular roadside hotel mm-hmm. that we would get a conference room in that was maybe $100, $125 for the day, order in a lunch. Again, lunch doesn't have to be expensive, but just the action of all of us sitting in the same room yeah. meant a great deal. And we were truly the most productive during those time periods. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, we're, we know how to be productive as a remote organization because we have been all along. Um, yeah. And we we make great strides in progress as a remote organization, but there's something about everybody getting in a room for a day or a half a day, the things that can be accomplished sitting mm-hmm. in that room together for a day are unmatched. I don't know how many times right. we kind of walked away from those times and said, wow, we got a lot done today. We made a lot of great decisions. We mm-hmm. had a great brainstorming session. You know, there's just things like that that can't always be replicated virtually. So I could not agree more. Although life does not necessarily allow us the luxury to get our team together uh, the Mm -hmm. way we used to, I look forward to the time when we can. Yeah. And if you can't get your team together for some reason, maybe again, local restrictions currently don't allow you a certain number of people. 
I cannot tell you how important it is to get your leadership team together. And that may just be you and one other person. It may be you and 10 people. And if you are a leader and part of a team and your business owners are not suggesting it, you should suggest this because as a leadership team, you really need to build that trust and you need to um, be able to build the camaraderie and the dependency really on each other. And that comes from all sitting in the same room. You know, we've talked a lot about building culture and having fun. And in-person meetings are a great way for you to enhance the quality of your culture and add a little fun into what you're doing. Yeah, couldn't agree more. us to our last myth. So this is perfect timing. (laughs) And that myth is that company culture is less important now than it ever was before. Oh, no. (laughs) The opposite. Culture, now that you have a newly dispersed team, is even more important than it was before. To me, it's literally the opposite. Um, It is going to be unique and new for people Mm -hmm. to feel engaged working remote and feel like they're working for an organization that they love to work for. So as leaders, it's our job to facilitate how that culture shows up remotely now more than ever. We've got to get in front of our teams more frequently. We have to inject Mm -hmm. more culture remotely. So I think the focus and the intentionality on culture is actually more important now than it has ever been. Absolutely. And there's a lot of competition for organizations right now because one of the things that um, we say that used to sort of be an anomaly, we, this was one of our myths, was that, you know, was remote work. Well, now even organizations who didn't want to work remotely are having to work remotely. And so that's not a carrot that you can dangle. Mm-hmm. The next thing that they're going to want to know if they happen to like working remotely is what's the culture like? Nobody wants to work for an organization that has a crappy culture. Everybody wants to feel valued. They want to understand what your company mission is. They also want to attach themselves to that mission. And all of that becomes your company culture. Now, this does not mean, you know, gone are the days where you had a ping pong table and Mm -hmm. beer on tap and all. That's not culture hands down, that is not culture. Culture is valuing your employees. It's communicating well with them. It's allowing them to know what the expectation is, and it's holding them accountable to those expectations. Sure, it's having a little bit of fun, but at the end of the day, people want to be respected. And the best way that you can respect them is by having great communication and accountability in providing them with a wonderful place to work that they're compensated well um, and that you show them gratitude. So I also think that that can be one of the myths is that company culture has to feel very woo-woo and huggy and all Mm -hmm. of those things. But at the end of the day, people, not everybody wants to be huggy. (laughs) They just want to know they have a job and they like it there. (laughs) Yeah, they want to have a little bit of fun, have great purpose and a good mission. And, you know, to tie that all, that was beautifully said, Elsie, but to tie it all in a bow, you know, I I, am speaking to our VP of HR today and, um, you know, she's she's one of the ones spearheading the people we get to hire here at Belay. And she literally said to me today how she has noticed 
with the candidates that she is interviewing to consider come working for Belay now more than ever that everyone she's interviewing really is trying to determine whether or not they're going to come work here because mm-hmm. of our culture, that they're seeking or they're leaving an organization that maybe doesn't have great culture and they're seeking one that does, or they're seeking mm-hmm. a new opportunity or a new role at a company because of its culture. So I think like we have actually seen this show up that people really do care about where they work. Yeah. And I think that that shows in our retention numbers, mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, we've got employees who stay for a very long time. And I think that that's a great measure within your own organization is to take the opportunity to say, do I have people leaving quite a bit or do I have people who join my team and leave relatively quickly? Great way for you to measure engagement on your team and also the culture of your team. Well, guys, it is time for the One Next Step. We have a download for you. This week's One Next Step is to check out our new course, Managing Remote Teams, a proven blueprint to develop thriving employees. For our podcast listeners, we're offering a discount code for 40% off. Woohoo! That is, guys, I've taken this course, obviously, helped develop it. It yeah. is jam packed with so much goodness and 40% off. That is a deal. Okay, so text the phrase One Next Step to 31996 or visit onenextsteppodcast.com and you'll get access to today's resources to help you keep moving forward. Thank you guys for joining us today. Now that we've busted the top myths of remote work, talk to your leadership team and your team members, then decide what's right for your company. Until next time, own your journey. It's your life and your business. It's up to you to create the life and organization you want. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Start by making today count. Next week on the podcast, we're celebrating our 50th episode of One Next Step with moments from our most popular episodes thus far. In it, you'll hear from amazing business leaders like Damon John of Shark Tank, best-selling author and business coach Michael Hyatt, the founders of Belay, Brian and Shannon Miles, and more. Here's a snippet of what you're going to hear. Warren Buffett said the best. He said, you know, you're not going to be able to change what happens in the world, but the only thing that's going to be stuck with you for the rest of your life is you, yourself, and your education, right? And no matter where you go, you're there. And your education, your skill set, and your ability and your knowledge is going to be the thing that either going to help you avoid landmines or look for gold mines. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.